my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires peace. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. <laughs> That's right, it's that spooky time of year again, and I don't mean election season. I'm talking about Halloween. Yeah, It's right around the corner. <laughs> Trick or treat! We're going to take a you know a little break from talking about new releases, which isn't hard because there really aren't any. I nope. mean... That's the real ghost town in the theater. That's, <laughs> that's where you're really going to get your haunt on. But yeah, we're, uh, we're going to talk about two of our respective seasonal favorites. The first is Hocus Pocus. Woohoo! That's from 1993. It's directed by Kenny Ortega. And the second is 2007's Trick or Treat, directed by Mike Doherty. And, you know, both these movies, they didn't really find their audience until years down the line yeah. on home video. And uh, so, Hocus Pocus, that's your pick. You know, I, I have very, like, faint memories seeing this on home video as a kid many, many years ago. And I never really revisited it. You know, so my memory of it is pretty hazy. But it's become something of, like, a cultural Halloween touchstone. Yes. Right? Well, yeah, and obviously it's on, like, TBS and, you know... Like the the scary nights of Halloween on ABC well, yeah, Family. Well, yeah, have the thirty days of Halloween. I or think something it, like that. I think it and got then... a lot of play on that, and that definitely boosted it. I mean, it, this movie it's it's retopped the box office chart and the home video charts, and we're talking twenty seven years later after its release. But you know, let's rewind back to the summer of nineteen ninety three. Yep. Uh, when Hocus Pocus was first released in theaters, and you know, I'm not sure why you would drop a movie like this in the middle of July. But, uh, it, I mean, wow, well. that was, I mean, people are paid to make these choices. <laughs> uh, so when it came out, you know, critics were 37% fresh on it. Yeah, I mean, it's not, not good. And it Hope- wasn't a big hit, it opened the same weekend as Free Willy. Yeah, and Free Willy, you know, ultimately went on to make like 77 million. Hocus Pocus topped out at 40. So, yeah, but now, right, where are they exactly? And so, that's you know, that's kind of my point. You know, Free Willy, you know, even though it became like the family sleeper yeah. of that summer, I definitely remember seeing Free Willy in theaters, but not this. But it, I mean, clearly, this movie it got like a second life, and you know, I don't see Free Willy second, being, third, fourth. I mean, it's been I don't see Free Willy being released in theaters, you know, and remastered and Dolby no. Vision and all that. <laughs> so <laughs> So, yeah, sometimes, you know, you just, you got to wait it out for success to come around. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Hocus Pocus for me is just, I don't, I don't even remember when I watched it for the first time. I I just always remember being, it's just always know, been on TV, always there. And it's always <laughs> been fun. I've always enjoyed it. It's always been nostalgia. Plus, I love Bette Midler. I love Sarah, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. And I love the nun from Sister Act. Kathy and Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. I love, I mean, great chemistry. The three of them are great, absolutely. And yeah, Bette Midler, you know, I was looking at just some of the reviews, and, you know, some of the reviews kind of singled her out as being terrible. Like, fans of Bette Midler should avoid this movie, was what one critic said. And, you know, watching it with you, you know, and it was kind of like a fresh viewing for me. I hadn't seen it in so long. She's clearly, like, the highlight. She's She's holding this thing together. Bette Midler. Like, yeah. she's uh, she's the best thing about this. Absolutely. Yeah. she. I mean, she's got a great 
very infectious energy and uh, she she knows what what tone this is she knows like what level to play this at and it's cartoonish it really is i mean high camp high camp yeah i mean this it's glorious this movie isn't i mean it's fun i mean it's not serious they know they're not serious i mean it is it's from the director it's sure a lot of cat violence kid deaths a couple of kid murders but yeah this is from the director of uh, high school musical so that's that's the tone we're we're at like it is yeah it is campy it is it is over the top well and there's two musical numbers in there which i'm i'm a big fan of Let's just, yeah, we'll just kind of briefly unpack the plot. You see, you have these three witches. Are they sisters? They're sisters. And so, yeah, they're played by, you know, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy and Jimmy. And we get this uh, kind of opening prologue that's set in the 1600s. And this is Salem, Massachusetts on Halloween. And in this prologue, they murder a kid to rejuvenate themselves. They they force this kid to drink this, this shit. And then they <laughs> transfer some lot. powers. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> and the oh kid my. ends up dying. Oh my god, you have no idea. So, I don't watch this every year. The so, witches <laughs> break it down for me. The witches make a potion that takes life from kids, takes their lifespan. Yeah, and it, puts that lifespan into the witches. Sure. Okay. Ultimately, killing the kids. And so, yeah. In this scene, they've got this little girlie tied to a chair, and her brother is like trying to rescue her or something. And this brother, they end up turning into a cat. Yep. After they do this potion, they and young he's down. And, yeah, and they curse this brother into a cat uh, who is immortal. Yep. And so, yeah, the um, these witches are captured by the townsfolk. Yep. And they're hung right from a tree. Hung from a tree, all three of them. Well, they're they're in nooses. They're all three hung. We see them hang. Yeah. But, right? But, like the feet drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, but it's from like a hangs, hangman's noose contraption thingy. It's not, it's not from a tree. On their property. Okay. No. <laughs> so, and, but before they're hung, they cast a spell. Yep. Which says like any, any virgin who lights the, the black candle on Halloween will bring them back. Yes. I mean, very specific parameters to come back. They could have I mean, just said, like, we're going to come back tomorrow. Yeah. Kaboom. But I, I think it's a specific spell <laughs> that the devil gave her. Because the devil made the book. Do we meet the devil in no. this? No. Okay. Well, I mean, kind of. <laughs> the devil made the book? There is a book, like a book of potions. Yeah. That's kind of, spells. of That's kind of your MacGuffin. So cut to, you know, roughly 300 years later. And we're hanging with this kid, Max Dennison. Played by Omri Katz. Yep. And, and he's like a high schooler. Yep. And he's hitting on this girl, played by Vanessa Shaw. He, like, he they just moved to Salem, Massachusetts. Okay. So he's the new kid on the block. We're kind of introducing him in class. Yep. And he's, I mean, he's bold enough to ask this girl out, right, in front of everyone. In front of everyone. So this like kid's got some stones. Yeah. Yeah. And then immediately after, he gets, like, shaken down by some, like, jackass bullies <laughs> in a graveyard. Ice. <laughs> Ice. <laughs> this is a strange scene yeah. where these bullies jump out from a graveyard and then hustle him down for his shoes. Well, they wanted money and then they saw <laughs> his kicks and I mean, they who, wanted their kick. wanted his kicks. Who are these? Uh, they're I mean, just douchebag bullies. I mean, they're you see them again. They're bullying little kids out of their candy. I mean, they're just like do they get their comeuppance. Yeah, they do. Are they like murdered? They're not. 
These kids are terrible. They're awful. Yeah. I mean, ice. In a non-Disney film, yeah. like these kids would meet a horrible fate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, move on from this. And so, yeah, and this this kid, Max, he, he's got this sister, played by Thor Birch. Yep. And somehow they end up lighting this candle. I I mean, I don't know how they end up at this okay. house, they, but right. the candle gets lit. Let me explain. <laughs> They're out exploring. And I don't know what the hell It is Halloween. They're trick-or-treating. Max has to take his little sister, per his parents, <laughs> to go trick-or-treating. And so he takes her trick-or-treating, and they end up at Allison's house, who is the girl that he tried to, you know, hit on in class. And then they all like, oh, let's go to the, the Sanderson house, because it's a museum. And it's like a legend mom, in the town. Everyone knows of, like, well, the sisters. And, and they have the key, because her mom used to be the curator okay. at the museum. So they went, and they... They're just looking for mischief. They, they you know, wanted to see what was the, the fuss was all about. And so they looked at the book. They looked at everything else. They light and then, the candle. You know, Max Dennison is like, "Hey, why, why let, he... let's meet the broads." And so, and then that's when he lights the candle, and everything goes swoop. And then is they... he drunk when he does this? Why does he, he is do not this? drunk? He just doesn't believe it. So he's like, "Ha ha, yeah, okay," like taunting. And yeah. then, of course, hey, it turns out to be true. It turns out to be true. And then, yeah, the three the three leads they return. The Sanderson sisters, yes. So then it becomes just kind of like a like a chase movie where the the kids they have the book. Yep. They get this book of spells and the Sanderson sisters are just chasing them throughout the town. Yep. And it's just a bunch of, you know, just family hocus. friendly. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. <laughs> like family friendly spooky hijinks so that's what i love about this movie is that it is family friendly it's a disney film it is a disney film but disney wouldn't make this movie nowadays well it's not a brand so it is now sure because they're making hocus pocus too sure yeah you could you could definitely get some eyeballs with a hocus pocus too but But yeah yeah, they're not a movie like this would just go straight to disney plus now yeah, yeah i mean it wouldn't have gone it wouldn't have been released I mean, you know, the cat dies multiple times. He gets squished by a bus, and then he gets hit by a rock in the head. Well, she, like, tosses him into a rock at one point. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this poor cat. And, yeah, flattened by a... By a car? By a bus. Yeah, just bus run over. That was driven by one of the Sanderson (laughs) sisters. Yeah, this movie's just kind of laid back, and just... It's campy. It's it's, it's so campy, but it's so much fun. I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Bette Midler. She was the engine driving yeah. this thing. And yeah, her performance is right on key. She understands the tone that yeah. she's going for. And you know, her two co-stars, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy to Jimmy, they get on the same page with her. And the three of them are a lot of fun. And I can see why, you know, years later, we got Funko Pops of these oh characters. Oh my gosh, yeah. They're just, they're really just indelible characters, the way these actors play them. I think it's a movie for the ages. <laughs> well... I don't know about I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> this is a movie kids and grandparents yeah. can watch on a Halloween. It's a family safe adventure. Yeah. Like parents aren't going to want to blow their brains out. Kids are going to be entertained. I just you know for me the weak the weak part is uh, you know all the bits with the three kids when the witches are off screen. The movie loses a lot of its energy. I would say, and I don't find these three kids all that charming. Mm. I mean, we're, it's kind of just like third-rate Goonies territory with these kids, like exploring and screaming and 
So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the trade off for me. Like the stuff with the witches is just high camp, good fun, and the stuff with the kids is just like dopey Disney bullshit. But which I that's, love. Which, <laughs> but they end up beating the sisters. And they end up, because the daylight, they well, ended well, there's up... A, there's a mummy character, like a zombie character who gets involved. Yeah, so that was Winifred's boyfriend. Yep. But... He becomes she, good, right? She found him in bed with Sarah, the sister right, character. Right, she's sleeping around. And then Winifred killed him. But he ends mummy. up like helping with helping the kids, yep. I believe. And so... Because he hates Winifred. And what, what do they end up doing with the book? Because I, I kept asking this while watching it, like, what are they doing with the book? Like, what's their plan with the book? And you're like, just keep watching. And now, like, thinking back, I forget what they do with the book. I don't, I mean, actually, that's probably going to be part of the sequel. What, what Somebody happens? will probably take the book, and I, I don't know. Do but they the, keep the book? Yeah, the book isn't destroyed. Okay. That's probably the angle that they're going to bring back the sisters. Through the book. Through the book. I'm sure. And so the three sisters, they're eliminated. They disappear into, like, green birds. Yeah, the dawn comes because that spell was only there for 24 hours for Halloween night. What was the plan after that? Like, they're just... They were going to take the life potion of kids. But Winifred used her pride and her ego, and she wanted one kid, and that was Mac Dennison's sister because... Thora Burge. Yeah, she called her ugly. And so... So they're going to use the life force of the kids yeah. to survive. They could have taken the life of one of the guys that was caught, the one of the bullies that was caught in the cages, and used that on them, and then taken their life force, and and That would have been great. Yeah. But she didn't. Mm, that's a mistake. And, that's yep. a real mistake. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, the witches are dead. Somehow, hopefully they'll be back for some more mischief. Well, and, yeah, and they're already sequel. in costume. <laughs> I wonder if the pandemic like busted up their I scheduling. I think so. I think it, they're. I mean, but it was announced still in pre-production. I think it probably won't be announced or won't be released until 2022, 2023. I think it was. Yeah, it was definitely announced. I don't. I don't think they've started filming. No. Once that day comes, you know, there's going to be set photos. People are going to be shitting their pants on Instagram, right? Yeah. You're going to be there. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch a Hocus Pocus sequel for yes. sure. Yes. Yeah. I think, I mean, this would you, is a great movie. Would you give this an A? I, I mean... I would give this a B. I would say this would be, it'd be a B. Oh, okay. I would agree with you. All right. But, but you, only, you, you're so much more enthusiastic. I know, I know, but only because it's not a date night. Okay. But I No, would, I agree. I, I mean, this is for an, kids. It's I would not... give it an A if we didn't have that date night aspect in it. Well, no, I'm just asking personally, like, what would you oh, rate yeah, it? Oh, yeah, A. So you so you would give this an A? Yes. Okay. That's <laughs> what I figured. I mean, it, people already know this. I know. We're not we're not cracking the case we're, on anything we here. Are. I mean, <laughs> we're just. <laughs> you guys all know and have watched and have loved Hocus Pocus. This, this is a movie you watch each year, and I. This is a movie I hadn't seen in a long time, so this was a revisit, an excuse to revisit it for me. So, yeah, I guess that'll do it for Hocus Pocus. Why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we'll talk about Mike Doherty's Trick or Treat. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back, and we're going to talk about Trick or Treat. This movie, it has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, so that's a big step up from Hocus Pocus. Oh, pish posh. Uh, And there aren't any actual box office totals to discuss because this ended up being a straight-to-video release. You know, it was intended for theaters when it was completed by 2007, but for whatever reason, the studio, Warner Brothers, they got cold feet and shelved it for two years. And during that time, when I was in L.A., I got to actually catch a screening of this in a theater. It was hosted by Drew McWeeny and Annie Cole News. And at the time, we knew there were issues getting this released. And so the kind of the point of that screening was to just spread the word. So maybe if the studio saw how well it played to an audience, they would you know push the button and get it out there. And I'm not sure what the problem was. I mean, this movie, you know, seeing it in a large packed theater... With a very like vocally engaged audience, it was uh, just a very enjoyable, memorable experience. This movie deserved a traditional theatrical rollout, I would argue, and it's a shame that it didn't get one. And I don't, I don't, I, I don't know what the reason was. I'm, I'm sure there was a reason. <laughs> I mean, maybe there was just so. I mean, I mean not not what much year movie was this out. I mean, was there maybe like really great movies? Well, yeah, 2007, yeah, I mean, that was that was a great year for movies, but, uh, I mean, you just, you time this for, for Halloween, you know, you put it out maybe Halloween 2008. Yeah. And that's, that's when I saw it, but that was like, you know, an invite-only screening, like, it didn't actually get a release until just home video, you know, in 2009. At least it, it did eventually get out there, and it found a, a loyal audience, and this movie has kind of gained a, a reputation well, over the years. yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to live in this town that this thing was filmed at. I mean, you've got mass murderers, you've got child just this, killers. Yeah, definitely some serial killers rolling around. Yeah. Um, I mean, we get into child murder uh, right and, off the bat. And werewolves. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, this movie, it's basically, uh, you, you got four different vignettes, and uh, all revolving around Halloween, all taking place the same night. And the same town. And in the first, we meet uh, this middle-aged dad, played by Dylan Baker, which is great casting. And uh, he's basically, he's a serial killer. And he's got this kid, Bad Santa's Brad Kelly. Yeah. I I don't know what this kid does to, like, piss him off, but he just just murders him. He just, he murders kids. He's just a kid. The kid was stealing candy or something. and Yeah, usually you set up like this yeah. kid did something bad. And so like he kind of deserves a, a horrible fate. But, but I mean, obviously the dad, I mean, he's a principal. So he knew this kid. So yeah, just again, great casting with Dylan Baker. And yeah, these scenes where he's kind of taunting this kid and tormenting this kid, it has uh, like a creepy, funny vibe it like, does we're yeah. milking it for laughs the humor throughout is a real asset to this movie it, i feel it makes it more fun i mean there's plenty of plenty of violence there's plenty of gore i'm not a big gore guy but there's yeah, yeah there's, there's a fair, fair amount of violence yeah, going there, on there's a lot of you know but it the humor helps 
And it, this isn't this isn't like Saw or Hostel or anything like that. God, it's, I will never watch those movies. This again. movie, this is movies having fun. Like the vibe is more in like the Sam Raimi kind of vibe, and you know, mixing humor with <laughs> spooktacular scares, <Some> spookiness. <laughs> So yeah, uh, this uh, this kid Brett Kelly he he gets murdered like just killed with a shovel yeah in a ditch. <laughs> well, I mean he was drugged by the candy that was offered to him first. And he projectile vomits a whole bunch, passes out. Yeah, so he thought that he killed the kid by the the stuff that was in the candy bar. Right. And then he ended up didn't killing the kid, and then finally kills the kid. He's like kicking around in the sack while he's d- digging a grave. Yeah, and, and then he, has he takes bludgeon him. My question is, is that when does he take the head? Well, I think when he like finally like slams down with the shovel. Yeah, but you don't see him walking out with the head going back inside. True. Yeah, the final reveal of this scene is, you know, he and his son are going to carve a pumpkin, but it turns out they're carving this little boy's head. Yeah. <laughs> so he's nice training little, his little kid to be a serial killer. A serial killer. Nice little ghoulish reveal, yeah. little ghoulish button. And I like that we see a lot of these characters kind of interact in other stories yeah. because we kind of like loop backward and forward in time a little bit. We see different characters at different points in the night, you know, in, in a different context. And so our, our second story, we're following a group of kids. Yep. And uh, they're going to play a prank on this autistic girl. Yep. They're going to take her down to this abandoned, supposedly haunted quarry where, you know, we see in a flashback, a school bus driver drove a bunch of kids off a cliff well (laughs) no i mean he did but he didn't he was planning on it he was making sure everybody was covered and one kid got out of his restraints right and then then, accidentally drove them off yes right like yeah just chaos in this bus yeah but the driver ended up surviving does he get out before it goes over? Yeah, you didn't see him getting out of the the quarry. Well, true. I don't. I don't remember him like crawling out of the bus. I just. I remember the bus going over. There's a, like a cool cool shot where, you know, we just like pan over a cliff and you know we just we see the bus sinking down. He he swims free because he's the only one that's not tied down. And yeah, the bus driver survives, and he's played later on in the film by Brian Cox. In this segment, you know, these kids go down, and it's a prank. And the girl, the autistic girl, she freaks out. And as she's kind of running away, it turns out that the quarry is actually haunted. Yeah. And so she gets in the elevator, leaving the other kids who set her up to be pranked. Yeah. Down there to die. And she's pretty much like, sayonara, sucker. Like, bye-bye. She's happy to do it. Yeah. And yeah, these all these segments, they're sort of intertwined by this figure, uh, Sam, who's like just a little pumpkin-headed kid in a burlap sack. He looks like a sack boy from Little Big Planet. Yeah, I mean, here's my thing <laughs> about this movie is like he shows up every time that there is like the ravenous. I mean, whenever it, shit goes bad, whenever stuff goes bad, yeah. And he kills Leslie Bibb in the opening scene. Yeah, I think he's just there to preserve Halloween. He's just the Halloween dude. I mean, I guess so to to <laughs> like preserve the stories or you know things like that. I mean. I guess I just would have I would have liked to know a little bit more about Sackboy. Well, it would have been cool if we got like a sequel to this. Yeah, because this, I mean, look, if we can get like six or seven Saw movies every flipping year, 
why can't we get or like paranormal activities I know. every year why couldn't we get like a series of trick-or-treat movies well see i would have totally it would totally lend itself to that i guess i would have found this movie a lot more convincing <laughs> why, why do we if, live in the if, terrible if, timeline if, where we get saw and paranormal activity instead if, of if this Zach boy was one of the kids that was in the bus. the bus yeah the movie doesn't really quite make that connection and i i feel like it should have and i feel like but it's okay there should have been some correlation you need to understand sack boy's origin yeah but when we see because his he's head a kid. but he's well he's a demon when we see his when we see him without the sack face. he's a pumpkin ghoul yeah so he's not really human so yeah but either are the the kids in the quarry well they're like zombies. They're zombies i mean they're not like pumpkins i but mean this all, kid this well, sack boy kid they is all a pumpkin have faces on so we don't know yeah we don't really get uh an origin story for sack boy um get on twitter like ask mike doherty like what where did sack boy come from he might answer i don't know <laughs> You're like, why are you asking me? <laughs> so, sometimes just, you just, like things when they're, they're open-ended, a little more ambiguous. I, I, I don't I, need to know, like, well, how, where was Sackboy born? Who, was his, who were his parents? I do. You need to know who Sackboy's parents yeah, are? Yeah, I need to know his motivation. Why is he evil? Well, he's here to preserve Halloween and to make sure that justice gets served on Halloween. So don't blow out any candles or else he'll murder you with his candy cane. Well, yeah, well, how is justice being served? When, because you got to keep murder. You got to keep the candle lit. Yeah, he's, he's just he's just a guy. He's just a he's just a, a, a pumpkin headed uh, figure. Okay. So the third story is uh, we're we're following these girls. Uh, I guess like teenage teenage girls, young adults. Uh, one of them played by Anna Paquin. Yeah, I don't think they're teenagers. Are they young, I think just they're young adults. Like, you know, twenties, college age. Yeah, college, like, co- college, college. Yeah, age. there you go. And they're just they're out just having a good old time, right? Yeah. And they're, they're just, in little outfits that are sexy little Halloween outfits. Well, they're dressed up like Disney princesses. Yeah, and Anna Paquin is dressed up like Little Red Riding Hood, which is appropriate yeah. because she is actually a wolf. Yeah. Right? They're all werewolves, essentially. And And they're looking for their prey. Their prey ends up being Dylan Baker, who's dressed up and just literally murdering people in the street. Well, that's Anna Paquin's prey. They each have their separate one. They have their separate. They have like a bonfire going where they're like doing human sacrifices. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy scene where like he, they take off his mask, you know, we just see this like masked figure murdering women in the street well he he acts like he's a vampire yeah yeah but he's really killing people and then when he's unmasked it turns out it's jill and baker yep so yeah in this scene like all of these girls they like tear off their skin and underneath is werewolf fur that was pretty gross pretty great just a nice little reversal of like the little red riding hood theme I that we're doing it. here i yeah. love it too yeah that was gr- fun great how that plays out and then, so yeah, then we're on to our fourth and uh, final vignette. We're uh, we're with uh, Brian Cox we're in Brian Cox's house, yep. and he's he's the bus driver, and he's the neighbor of Dylan. Yeah, they have like a little exchange yep. r- earlier in the film. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, he's like just living by himself. He's got a shotgun. <laughs> he's just a crazy old I think man. He's tortured. I think he is. I mean, he's never been married. He's living by himself. He's well, yeah, living with the weight of of what he this did. Death. Yeah, all this child death. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he got paid by the parents. The parents wanted their kids dead. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty dark. There's a yeah. lot of dark, uh, definitely a dark edge to this movie. Which... Well, because I think all these kids were mentally handicapped. Yeah. And the, the parents... We went to the special school. And, yeah. Yeah. And the parents didn't want the burden of them anymore. Pretty much. Yeah. Which pretty... Was, it's sad. Very sad. Yeah. So this, yeah, this movie, it doesn't... It doesn't pull its punches in terms of like its thematics. <laughs> it's a lot of it is thematically pretty dark, especially when you're dealing with child murder. <laughs> Both movies were child murderous. Well, yeah, if you're doing it, I mean, if you're telling a story about witches, I yeah. mean, you got to throw in some child murder. I don't know how else you do it. How else are you going to tell that story properly? <laughs> and yeah, I mean, serial killers on Halloween. Yeah, they're going to be chopping up kids. I mean, that's. You know, let's do it. <laughs> but again, this isn't Saw. This no. is not. This is not like torture porn or anything like that. That's yeah. And that I mean, this movie's vibe. It isn't even like a slasher vibe. It's not even like Halloween or Friday no, the Thirteenth. Yeah. It's just. It's more of like a Sam Raimi, just you know, occasional gross out mixed with humor kind of vibe. Yeah. And you know, Mike Doherty. He, you know, he went on to make uh, Krampus. And you love that movie. It's fun. I wouldn't say I, love, I like Trick or Treat better, but I think Krampus is fun. And um, my favorite of the American Godzilla movies, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. So uh, Mike Doherty, I mean, he, at the very least, he knows how to have fun. He works within a genre and he makes it fun and he delivers the goods. And my book, he's an underrated filmmaker and he's three for three. I like the film wasn't that long. It, yeah, I mean, this is like a tight, like, 82 minutes. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I enjoyed it immensely. You have, you know, this iconic horror character with Sackboy. And you have this mythology that you kind of weave in and out. There's a lot of humor. There's a good amount of, you know, spooky scares and some disturbing violence. All within 82 minutes. All original. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> it is original. That that's all. I mean, both these movies are original for sure. Um, yeah, I would give Trick or Treat an A. And, yeah, and I think it's a good day movie. I would give it a B only because I want to know more about Sam. Yeah, and I want to know his backstory, and I want to know his motivation and why he's like. Mah. Holler at Mike Doherty on Twitter. I Get will. At him. I'm gonna do it. Get at him. <laughs> but yeah, I do think it's a good date movie. A better date movie than Hocus Pocus. Yeah, 100%. For sure. And, uh, I mean, at one point they did announce a sequel to this. I don't know what the deal is with that. But, yeah, this should, again, if you can serialize Paranormal Activity to infinity, if you can uh, serialize Saw to infinity, (laughs) you can serialize this, I mean, for at least another one or two. Saw, I mean... That's in its own genre. I don't. I, I mean, mean, we get fifty Nightmare whatever. on Elm Streets, fifty Halloween's, but fifty Friday the Thirteenth. Give with, me another trick or with, treat. With Paranormal Activity, though, it's not. It's more. There's not. It's not gory. It's, it's no. More I'm just like saying shock and like scare. And Paranormal like, Activity whoa. is Paranormal Activity is fine. I'm saying like, do we need eight of them? No. Wow. Let's stop it like two or three. I'm good with eight. Give Give me another trick or treat. Is what I'm saying. If we can okay. have. I mean, uh, if we can have twelve dozen, you know, Chucky movies, well, right? Yeah. Give me, give me a trick or treat. Chucky. If we can have like fifty Annabelle movies, how many Annabelles are we gonna get? Give me trick or treat. I love. Wow. Give me a sequel to Trick or Treat. Yeah. Is all I'm asking for. Original. But it's not original if it's a sequel. But it's telling so, it's telling original stories in that sequel. Well, I think you know, original you keep stories, that anthology format. Original stories are dried up in Hollywood. They. Hollywood's not taking, especially now, they're not taking risk on original stories. They save Netflix. 
and Hulu. Then let's do a trick or treat sequel for HBO Max. There you go. Yeah, I'll. I'll I mean, whatever. You'll direct it. <laughs> or or Mike Doherty. Sure. Yeah. Put me in second in line. <laughs> of course. Come on. Let me be the assistant director. I'm, I'm number two. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Mike Doherty's busy. <laughs> you go to me. Duh. <laughs> you know, one thing we can say about both these movies, they don't work as well outside of the Halloween season, right? These are movies that. You want to watch probably within this window of time. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not really. You're not going to be watching Hocus Pocus in February. I'm not. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to be watching, you know, Sackboy and. No. You know, June. But I will. (laughs) But that's the thing. Like, I'll watch Paranormal anytime. Okay. I'll watch, like, The Nun. Yeah. Sure. I can watch Friday the 13th at any time. At any time, yeah. So, I mean... They, these are specific Halloween these movies. Are, these are our Halloween movies. And that's these why we're talking about ones. them. Yep. Yeah. And so that's that's our show. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Podcast, and you can also email us at datenightmoviepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Happy Halloween. Ha <laughs> ha